You're listening to Rock Out With, hosted by me, Danny Faye. Right. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. If you all just want to introduce yourselves one by one. Hi, my name is London King. I am the lead singer, occasionally songwriter of Bite Me. I'm Jessica Rush. I'm the drummer and creator of this mad band. <laughs> I'm Neo. I'm the bass player and backing vocals. Um, I'm Ruby Rumsey and I do the guitar and write a lot of songs and also do backing vocals sometimes. Pop it out, Jesus. Just <laughs> <laughs> to dress, dress, get yourself dressed, that's fine. Yeah, no, I should probably <laughs> do another button up to be honest. <laughs> Ruby's rarely dressed. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> <Shush>. <laughs> um, so how did you, how did you all meet? Um, it was because of uh, Jess, actually. She was looking for musicians. She had this project of this uh, all-girl band. And uh, she summoned us all. <laughs> like a demon. <laughs> and then they turned up on my doorstep. And here mm. we are. <laughs> with candles and everything. They're all vampires. <laughs> Oh, that did remind me of a scene from the Runaways film. Like, I want to start an all-girl rock band. You know what? I actually literally watched up. that, like, literally two weeks before Je- the first, like, initial message from Jess. I watched the Runaways movie for the first time. Like, I listened to the Runaways, of course, but uh, I watched the movie and I was thinking, like, shit, man, it'd be so cool to be in a fucking all-girl band. Like, And then I got this message from Jess. I was like, wow. Like, I think she commented, what was it? On a video of me playing, like, Motley Crue or something. You played Motley and I was like, Facebook, shit. Yeah. Wanna join like, the hey man, band. do you want to be in the band? And I was like, oh my god, really? <laughs> I was just watching the Runaways movie. <laughs> um, so I saw on your Facebook page you've got quite a lot of uh, gigs coming up. What's been your favourite venue to play so far? Ooh. The 229. <laughs> I love the 229. Um, there's a great space. There's a great crowd as well. Uh, people in there are so cool. Um, I feel like the people that go to the 229 to listen to the artists, they actually care about what they listen to and they engage 100%. My second best, maybe Dublin Castle. It's always a good jam. My faves were 100 Club, because it's so iconic, and uh, Rebellion Festival, just because it's <laughs> fucking awesome. We're back again this year, so that's super exciting. Rebellion was very fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, 229 was also really cool it was actually like the we did because we did two in the uh, two shows at 229 in the space of what was it two weeks or something yeah so we did the downstairs venue with uh stevie james and then we did the upstairs venue with anti-nowhere league like two weeks later and uh the first the, both shows were great but like i feel like the first show was like it was really good it was a really fucking good show like we were all feeling it it was it was it was a really good show mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 229 was one of the best for me. The one we did with Antinover League because we were on the bigger stage. It was nice, cool vibe. It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find playing, uh, obviously, the very iconic 100 Club? 
It's a very complicated question. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious because we were so fucking excited. It was um, part of their resolution festival. Like, all-girl lineup, really fucking cool. We couldn't have had more go wrong on that show. <laughs> we tried to style it out, but fuck me. Literally. We always style it out. Everything went wrong. Like, for me, like, um, I kicked over my pint of Jack Daniels at the very beginning of the gig. So all through through the show, my foot was sliding off the pedals. And then my fishnets got caught in my snare drum. So every time I was doing the pedal, my snare drum was almost coming with me. Uh, Ruby, what happened to you? Oh, my God. we got to always talk about this one, haven't we? It was honestly, it was so fucking embarrassing. It was so bad. It was basically like I only had one fucking guitar. Well, no, I had one uh now i bring two guitars to every single gig that we do for this precise reason but basically i remember um richie was helping me richie from uh, robin's friend and the fiascos and i'm sure a bunch of other bands um and he was helping with like with sound check and he was like um yeah your guitar is like not like it's not doing what it needs to be done and i was like what and he was like yeah it's kind of like cutting out like so the input jack in the guitar was kind of like and it wasn't properly connecting to the amp so it's kind of like switching between like rhythm and treble the whole time like trying to i'm like you know really trying to go for it and uh you know sometimes it would cut out for like half a song but you know they still enjoyed the fucking show and we still we still put on a really good show um but yeah that was that's why i bring two guitars for every fucking gig now to so that doesn't happen again <laughs> Always yeah, take more than one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's heavy, but you know, you kind of got to be, you kind of have to do it. <laughs> it's fine. Fuck ups happen when you're alive sometimes. Yeah. I think that gig you also kicked, I think London kicked, a, or I remember kicking a Jack and Coke, or your, yeah, London's Jack and Coke over but very near some leads. And I was like, oh. I kicked a beer. I, I think yeah. it was a beer. And I kicked it, and uh, because I'm just, like, jumping around, I'm literally, like, a little Mick Jagger devil. <laughs> I, I don't realize what I kick and what I don't. So this is a, an official public announcement. Do not put drinks near London King. <laughs> Do not. She kicks. She's feisty. She's singing. Do not put your drinks in there. You're, you're going to waste 9 slash 11, 15 quid, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I do apologise about the cat tail. <laughs> oh, dude, it's fine. Can we see your cat? Yeah, go on, Bowie. Bowie! Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> and I've got loads of. Oh my god! Oh, it's so cute. I feel like every cat is called Bowie. Like the amount of dogs and cats I've met, and people are like, "This is my dog Bowie," and I'm like, "Surprise!" You know, you know, original. <laughs> He was almost called Bazinga, but then he I was listening to Please Mr. Gravedigger and he trod on the up volume. So that was his name pick. That, that's the one. Mm. That's the one. That's the name. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah well, the only like is the t- the dressing room, well, dressing room in the hundred club still just like a teeny tiny closet. Yeah. Yeah, we had the production office, I believe. Didn't they <laughs> no, tell us when we arrived? That it was gonna like they were like, oh, for now, like you guys have to stay in here, but it used to be something else or something. I'm- I think they were like renovating or something. But yeah. like to be fair, they stacked it out with booze, so it was a very cool production office. We had printers and everything. It was, it was wild. It was a funny day, <laughs> definitely. It was. 
Uh, so your single that came out in January, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Round, uh, beginning of the year, let's just say the beginning of the yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> is there any plans on any more releases? <coughs> yeah, yeah, yes. very soon. Very soon. And that's all we're going to say for now. <laughs> we can say? I won't say anything. It's all that we can say, yeah. <laughs> now we're doing one pl- we're planning a couple of cool things but we just want to build up the tension because the next single is going to be a completely different vibe from the first one so we want to create a little bit of atmosphere around it but it's coming it's coming and um, where can people find your music because obviously you got your the youtube channel but is it there's nothing on spotify not that i can find <laughs> Um, well, something on Spotify. Yeah. We have one single, the Deviant. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. <laughs> the profile on Spotify. messed up, and the <laughs> distributions companies apparently they do the mess ups, but they're not willing to fix the mess ups. Mm-hmm. Literally, what you have to do is just take the single down and re-upload it again in a different way. I don't know how different, but otherwise it's going to be a big mess. But hey. <laughs> This is distribution for you. We're under the wrong band for Bite Me. So yeah. you can find us, but it's under some kind of, I don't even know what it is, some kind of dancey, crazy band. So uh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my sister was like, I didn't know you guys had all these songs out. And I was like, they're not our songs. Like, because you type in Bite Me and it comes up with a band called Bite Me and then we're underneath their name and it's like uh, i guess it's like some american like guys in a band was like like fucking nothing to do with us but uh <laughs> it, yeah it's it's not us it's not but we are under there we you, the, well, you know you've been by me deviant it's it's on there, it's on there. i mean it's on our, single, our single's our biggest hit obviously <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their, fa- their fans will find you so win-win really yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah we're the best bite me so you know <laughs> Uh, the exact same thing actually happened to my dad's album. It's under someone else with the same name, and it's like <laughs> his whole album's under this other artist. Oh, oh, Not it a whole was- album. <laughs> That's bad. I would suck. Yeah, it sucks. It happens a lot, though. Apparently. Yeah. So just head to your YouTube channel. <laughs> just- yeah, we got loads of shit on the YouTube. Like, there's, there's, well, there's stuff from the very. The very first show that we did at the Dublin Castle, all the way up until, um, I mean, there's a few shows that aren't actually on there. Like uh, we when we did what was it UK subs? I don't think, maybe there's a few clips on there from UK subs, but I think we were having so much fun we forgot to record a little bit of that. But um, you know, there's a lot of fucking shit on uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, right, so one one of the things, because see, I'm as you can probably notice from my background, I'm actually a female bassist. Mm. So, how do you think being female in the industry differs from the guys? You're always kind of. Um, this might sound a bit heard before, but there's a lot more judgment about frivolous things. I feel like even in my experience as a solo that I was doing a while ago, a long time ago, I felt like people, when I've done the press for a single, I felt like people 
we're just concentrating on things that are everything but the music. Like literally, I'm 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 presenting to you a product that it's about music, it's about some kind of emotions, <laughs> and all you can think about is how I'm dressed, uh, my body, if I'm fit or not. Like if I was a Victoria's Secret model, maybe it would make sense. But I'm a musician. I'm doing. I'm singing. I'm playing music. Music. I don't understand why you're not focusing on the music. Most of the times, people don't mention the music at all. And you're just there like, okay, what about what I just did? Like, it doesn't mean nothing to you? This happens a lot less with guys. Literally, guys, they can go out with their wiener out and nobody <laughs> would care. Nobody would care. The guys, they can gain 20 pounds and nobody would care. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe if you're a don't know super fit guy and all of a sudden you turn into a an elephant, yeah, maybe there was something. But it's you know, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is you're judged by not your craft, not not what you're trying to put out, but how you look, um, what you choose to wear, all these. Pardon my French, bullshit. I mean, it, it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. Okay, it's just the side. It's just the, it's just the, the the side of everything, and it's completely missing the core. Everyone's completely missing the core of what you do. Mm. Well, we did have that one. Um, we got after the two two nine. I think it was one of the only reviews we had that was written by a woman, and it yeah. was like actually a fucking good review. Like this was what the bass was like. This was what the vocals was like. They put on a great show and blah blah blah. And it was like I don't even think once she mentioned what we were fucking wearing. It was like Christ, it's nice to get a fucking review that like you know isn't written by someone just going yeah wearing this and this and it's just like dude you yeah. know. It's more than visuals, like, come on. Do you think that's the problem with, like, especially with the social media side now, because it's getting further and further away from being about music and more about being, how many TikTok followers do you have? What do you look like? What are you doing? I feel like... I don't know, I don't even have TikTok downloaded. I refuse, I refuse to download it. Um, like so maybe you guys should answer that. People who don't really have... Sorry, I'm going to say something very blunt people who don't really have a real talent if you go on tiktok most of the tiktoks they're yeah some people they're funny some people they do comedy but still most of the tiktoks i've seen they're um how do you call it play the playback is kind of like you mimic to something that already exists so it's kind of like cool yeah a couple of videos could be entertaining and fun but at the end of the day there's not much substance this is why yeah tiktok is not the greatest platform for musicians because you don't really get a lot of people interested in real shit. Um, you get a lot of people that just go there, they want to scroll down super fast videos, very short videos, and they want to just laugh and not think about their boring life. But in terms of like people who really care about music, I, don't, I think is a very small portion on TikTok. Unfortunately, this is the TikTok reality. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think TikTok is really great for musicians. I don't really think anyone on TikTok, there are a few people that are very talented <laughs> by the real minority and they rarely go viral on there. I think a lot of gig lineups as well rely heavily on like, oh, the headline is the headliner because they've got most followers, followed by the next followers, by the next followers. Mm. And you're like, 
why not actually watch the band and work out which one's the best fucking band live? Because, you know, a lot of the time you, you might have a band above you on a bill and you're like, in the nicest <laughs> possible way, in the nicest possible way. Because, you know what I mean? Like, I think just sometimes people need to kind of do their research and like just just listen to the music and not be so like follower reliant, you know? Yeah. Also because you're you can buy followers, can you easily do that? And make it look fairly organic. It's very easy to do. It's just in my experience, I've noticed that like you get talented people that are barely getting noticed, and then you're getting the ones that've got the right image, but they they can't play jack shit. Yeah. Oh man, I've seen. Do you know what that really annoys me when people like? I used to know, not to, I, I, I'm not going to say names or anything, but I knew a girl back in the day, and it was like she had this massive social media following, and she was like, "I'm a rock star. I'm a this. I'm a that." And, I, and like, like, I'm just so rock and roll. And she had the whole like, you know, oh, I love Satan, and I'm so rock and roll, and I'm just so goth. And it's like she didn't listen to any actual rock music, like, and she couldn't play guitar for shit, like not even just like by a by a subjective point of view like she could not play a guitar and it was just it was her whole image and people like loved her because just of how she looked and it was like oh it was just it's so frustrating like people putting in actual fucking work and you know the people that look the best or are, like the hottest or do you know what i mean it, it's not it's not it shouldn't be the way shit is like the you know music is music it's audio it should be everything over fucking visuals like obviously we like to have fun with our of you know we like to have fun with our how we dress on stage and shit like that and you know uh london i think you put something on your instagram the other day something about fashion is quite close to music to me or something which i agree with yeah. and uh yeah that's a big part of music but it's not all that music is do you know what i mean you can't just take a band at face value for how they look or like an artist just for how they look like what are you going to do? Never listen to the music. Never. I don't know. It's fucking weird to me, man. <laughs> I think it's because like these days, aesthetic is a really important aspect of our culture, unfortunately. Um, and it's yeah wrong. But if you, if you see like nowadays, there are loads of bands, they, they look cool. And that's just it. And as Ruby said, it's not really fair because if you put passion in what you do and you might have not the right look, you you just won't be listened to or, you know, you, you people will look at you like, oh, yeah, you're good, but you don't, res you don't uh, look in the way you should to be, like, considered a rock star or whatever, like... To me, like I have loads of friends that play metal, but they look like uh, they don't look like metalheads, you know. Yeah. So I think it's just silly, really, because everyone of us, uh, I think me and London especially, uh, we we kind of have loads of styles. Like obviously, when we play with Bite Me, we tend to to dress in a way that suits the the vibe. But sometimes I just like to I don't know dress. Uh, in a flower, in a flower dress or whatever stuff like like a bit more girly, less uh, rocker. But why not? Like I, yeah. Mm. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because obviously, yes, fashion does play a part in it. It always has. Like if you look at like the entire punk scene, that was all 
music and fashion at the same time but it's been more about that and less about the music now which yeah. is disgusting yeah um, but how would you so say someone's never heard of you how would you describe your music to them what's our slogan ladies <laughs> <laughs> all girl trashy punk bitching, rock and roll punk. all girl trashy bitching, punk, punk rock, rock glam and roll. glam rock and roll glam yeah. punk rock oh shit let's go again yeah, go. Fuck. <laughs> all girl bitching glam punk rock and roll bitches <laughs> <laughs> Got to expand on that a bit. Yeah, <laughs> we keep adding words. Yeah, yeah it's basically an amalgamation of amalgamation. Is that the right word? Amalgamation. Yeah, I think so. Um, of basically everything that everybody is influenced by. Um, and definitely, I don't feel at least I I don't. I always felt like you know, people ask you know like who who are you influenced by who influences like you know who influences your guitar playing and stuff like that. I'm like, well, like no one, like no one influences. Like, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I would love to sound like an like one of the top guitar players, but I don't try and sound like one of the obviously one of the top <laughs> guitar players. Like, it's not. I'm not like if oh, if I do this and I do this, then I can sound just like fucking Jimmy Page. You're like, I, you know, I'm not doing all that shit. Um, I forgot what my point was. Sorry. <laughs> what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that, like we're not we're not just one thing we're 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 a mix of a lot of things i obviously the base is rock but um we experiment around rock because it's a vast genre and yeah. at the end of the day um music if if done with the heart and if done artistically it's always valid Unless it's some bullshit beat that comes from someone's garage. <laughs> and you can always tell when that kind of music is like fake. Do you know what I mean? You can tell when it's people trying to trying to make rock that aren't into it, trying to make that kind of music just for the kind of I don't know, I was gonna say the word clout, you know what I mean? That, that kind of, like just for the you know, whatever it's called and, and they're not really into it. You can tell it's not genuinely it's not genuinely enforced, it's not it's not you can just tell this shit. I don't know. I think you get a gut feeling of like who is actually kind of into into. I mean, like it's my whole fucking life is music, pretty much. Like I literally like there was literally nothing more important to me than music. So I can't imagine. You know, I don't know. I can't imagine it any other way. And people, I don't know. You can tell when people aren't aren't genuinely uh, genuinely rock and roll. Dare I say? <laughs> <laughs> I get you. Some people are just in it for like the entertainment value, whereas some of us, it's it's our whole being. It's our whole reason for being alive. Yeah. Also, people that are kind of in in it for money when it's like, yeah, where is the money? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, just it's for the love of music, and if you don't get that, then you'll never get it. <laughs> you, you'll never be happy if you're in it for money. <laughs> Yeah, fucking hell, you're joking. Where is where is the money? Can I have some of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. All the money goes to back into like back to the music shops when we just desperately try to buy new instruments. That's where it goes. <laughs> it goes to promoters and shit, doesn't it? I don't, actually, I don't know. Jess knows more about this because she does all the emails and stuff for the band. But um, you know, stuff about like riders and p percentages of I don't know whatever the hell. Jess, you know, uh, where does the money go back? Like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, Honestly, any promoter will try and literally give you nothing 
you can squeeze as much out of them as you can. And we do. <laughs> We're worth a bottle it. of Jack and case We're of We're worth it. But yeah, like literally, you know, people don't think bands kind of deserve to be paid. And that's pretty shit, to be honest. We're providing so, service. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. they'll try and fleece you. They'll try and do what they can. And it's like, all bands are struggling. All bands are trying to get merch out, get music out, get albums out. And it's, you know, it's, it's really tough out there. You know, you get some really decent promoters, which it's, it's, it's far and few between, but always appreciative of that. But like, then mm. you get the ones that are like, expect you to do it for nothing yeah do it for exposure like I mm. yeah like not exposure. even fucking travel i mean that's the lowest of the low but not even like travel expenses like fucking hell jess a lot of the time has so much drum stuff she has to get a cab like to and from venues and there's a very long fucking way you know like times we've played like derby and shit it's like you know such a long way to go getting the train even just getting the train to the coach and then getting the coach and then mm-hmm. somehow getting to the coach from the you know shit like that it's just like uh, you know a little you know give us give us a little a little bit back do you know what i mean we are playing a show it's you know i love to play music and th- that is the whole point but you know be nice mostly for a coach mostly, ticket <laughs> mostly it's been like that the people behind the hardest is the ones who make the most money even with record labels but that's because um as everything, if you enable something, then obviously that something is going to carry on and on. And artists need to understand that all these people, as much as they want to try to boss everyone around, but it's the artist who, at the end of the day, is providing a service. And without the artist, these people, they would never have the money that they have. So as artists, I feel like we need to impose ourselves a bit more all united, not just one artist, everyone, and be like, look, I have I have invested 10 years of my life in taking singing lessons, and they're very expensive, especially in London. I remember paying 50 to 55 quid every lesson. So it's not, I didn't just wake up yesterday and started singing. I put a lot of effort into that. Just like every musician puts a lot of effort into progressing in their craft. And Promoters are very greedy. I've heard worse things. You know, I've heard promoters that ask money. They're asking you to pay them to play on their shitty show that they don't even play <laughs> properly. Oh, uh, what are we talking about? The kind of places that like the stage is like not even the stage. It's just like the floor that everybody else is standing on. And they're like, yeah. you should pay money to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carpet with a couple of cabs in the way of the crowd. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to shove you over in the corner over there on that rug. Go. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to be really selective about where you play, otherwise you do get taken advantage of. We have, you know, we tend to pick quality shows over literally playing the, the dog and bollock on a Tuesday. Snot and lettuce. You know, <laughs> what was it? Snot and lettuce. Robin said, snot and lettuce on a Tuesday. <laughs> I'm just going to make a drink real quick. I'm listening. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so, like, obviously, with the industry the way it is, what is the best advice you've ever received? I would say probably this, like, know your worth is the best advice you can probably give to any artist right now because uh, I can sit here, give you advice on how to sing better. This is something that you can find very easily. But I, th- I feel like the, ve- the best advice is know your rights, know your worth, and don't let these people 
these top men take advantage of you because they put themselves on top but really realistically is the artist who's on top and is the artist who needs to take everything in their own hand and be like hey you're asking for my craft and you're taking advantage of me so it's like open your eyes understand your worth and look up to the skies and sorry <laughs> What was that? Because you said open your eyes and I was like, look up to the skies and see. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that that is the best advice. Um, advice. Oh, God. Do you know what? I feel honestly feel like I haven't gotten that much. If it, the, only, the only good advice we get is from Robin, to be honest. <laughs> like I, I rarely feel like any promoters anyone in the venues at the time any like I don't know maybe occasionally like there'll be someone like the, the, one, one thing that pisses me off as well if you have a, if you have a band that you're working with like not working with what do you mean like a uh, you know the other band on the bill whatever and they're like assholes for like no fucking reason I always hate that but sometimes you'll get someone like oh did you know that you could do this with your guitar and I'm like oh man thanks like that's actually really cool of you thank you but yeah Robin um Robin helps us a lot I don't know if you know who Robin is manager Robin manager Dave um, yeah yeah best advice is like make friends with your sound guy because he's responsible <laughs> for the sound of your show so if you can't him off you're gonna sound like shit so yeah yeah or you you think you'll sound great but um what uh, what they've actually done is they've uh, they've left your on stage monitors on but they've turned the main ones off <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I had a story about one like um <laughs> Um, it's just, I can't remember who it was some fucking band page and they were going what we always do when we go out to get food before we sound check we always ask the sound guy if he wants anything from Tesco and they were like that's how you keep it on, on his on you know your good side and uh, just keep the sound guy on you know keep him sweet because uh, it helps you out a lot and you know just shows that you're not a dick basically and a lot of people are so Um, okay, so I've got only got one question left, and some people struggle with this one. Some are straight in with an answer. But if you could rock out with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Freddie Mercury and Queen, but also I would say. And with London, yes, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin as well. I would literally take Freddie from the grave and be like, you coming back for one show with me. <laughs> Sorry. I want a drum with the pistols. That would have been my dream. Um, oh, it's hard because there's so many people, but just for the obvious notion right now, I'm going to say Rammstein. <laughs> Rammstein. <laughs> Rammstein. <laughs> and what about collectively as a group? Ooh, good one. Penetration, maybe, or... Oh, Penetration would be cool. Yeah, we'd be the perfect fucking band on the bill of Penetration. We um, we met Pauline Murray at Rebellion. Um, I was on, like, a Women in Punk panel with her, and I feel like that would be so badass to play with. Yeah. That you actually answered that quite quickly. That was quite cool. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get inspiration from your wall, but yes, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of shit on the wall, you know. Sometimes it's like when people say, "Who are your favorite bands?" and you're like, oh, uh, uh, "Brain, work." Like, 
uh, who are my favorite? You just forget like every band you've ever listened to. So sometimes <laughs> I have to have a look, cheeky look, you know. It's like when they ask me, sing me a song, and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> oh, no, music. what was music? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for thanks having for having us. Um, your hair is really cool, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> He's always guarding. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Oh, um, so, when is your next live show? Like the next one? Twenty fourth of May. Let me double check real quick. Twenty fourth is it? Yeah, twenty fourth. Yeah, twenty fourth. So the gun is in in London. It's over in London. Yes. Um, it's free show and um. It's Brandon. Yeah, come to the show. (laughs) (laughs) And where can just quickly so everyone knows because I will put the links on the description as well. But where can people find you? Instagram. Facebook, bite me band official, and uh, on uh, YouTube. If you bite me, bite me band, you can easily find our channel. And I think these are all the links. Spotify as well. Oh, yeah, Apple I'm Music. With some weird assholes. No, I'm joking. Oh, that shit. <laughs> I like it. I'm gonna hunt that down and just put your song on there and be like, "That's their one." <laughs> you have to put the net. You have to write "Buy Me Deviant" so it's like specifically like this is the fucking yeah. shit I want. You know, like yeah, it will come up. It will come up. <laughs> but that explains why when I was looking for it, I was, I was just like listening to dance music. I was like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure <laughs> that's not. What uh, you're like they bang, man. They just bite Disaster. me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, thank you, and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Thank yeah, you. man, you too. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you. See you later. Bye. 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 <laughs>